Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Self-Love and Shadow Work Podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Sharp, and I'm here with my friend, Serena Goss. Hello, Serena. Hello, everyone. It's nice to be here. Uh, So tell us a bit about yourself and um, what it is that you do. Well, my name is Serena Goss, and I am an identity and radical change life coach. I am a 30-year-old mom to one boy and have been through um, a significant amount of loss and grief and change in my life. And that is what led me to becoming a life coach. Amazing. So tell us a bit about your story. Well, um, it all started probably about six years ago. My younger stepbrother actually passed away uh, suddenly from a drug overdose. He was 23. And 10 months after that, my mom was killed by a drunk driver. She was only 50 years old and we were very close. After that, um, very shortly after that, actually it was three days after her funeral that my husband and I had our wedding. So it was a very interesting time. After that, there was a few more strings of losses in my family, a young uncle from a heart attack, my grandmother. I even recently lost another cousin to a drug overdose. And in that time, um, I got married, I had a child, and I moved to a town where I knew nobody, and we really kind of isolated ourselves. And uh, I had, or have, I should say, some issues with alcohol dependency, as well as suffer from depression and anxiety, which I, I do take medication for and attend therapy for. And through a lot of self-work And my own coaches is what led me to becoming a coach myself and being able to help others through these transformations. So they don't have to suffer quite as much as I did or move through those transitions a little bit faster and in a healthier way. Yeah, let's talk about some transitions. So how how have you um, used you know your coaching to to move through um, your own energy? Well, believe it or not, it all started with flossing. (laughs) Um, I'm actually currently writing a book called uh, How Flossing Changed My Life. So hopefully that'll come out in the next decade, maybe. (laughs) But um, it really started with just those minimalistic changes. And I'd been at the dentist and they were like, you know, you have some cavities starting. So I started flossing every single day religiously and it became this crutch. And I started to realize that every time I had attempted to make a change in my life, whether it had been, you know, usually a fad diet or an exercise regime, I would go all in two feet in and always end in failure. So by building this little tiny habit of flossing twice a day, I realized I could make such impactful changes on my life by changing little teeny tiny increments. I call it 1% at a time. And so I started doing that for myself. I, you know, started instead of jumping into a diet routine, I just started adding whole grains into my diet per se, right? Um, Instead of jumping in, I was attending therapy regularly, but I always had this block with self-help books. I really forced myself to at least read five minutes of one a day, which turned into a huge passion of mine. And meditation, of course, I started with I'm, I'm a very constantly on the go thinker. So I started with just an app and I would do two to three minutes a day. And now I meditate every day for at least 20 minutes a day um, and built that up over time. So just little teeny tiny changes is how I completely overhauled my life in less than a year. That's amazing. 
uh, amazing. It, it's uh, so challenging to do. It's challenging to move, challenging to navigate um, any kind of energy that feels heavy or, or hard. And oftentimes um, within our spiritual practices, we store a lot of that energy in our body system. So um, how has uh, meditation kind of helped you get more into uh, your body and your energy? Meditation has allowed me to really release a lot of the negative energy that um, I've been carrying around for years and years, not even just now it's more day-to-day negative energy that I pick up, but the stuff I'd been really carrying around and holding on to without even realizing. So, you know, something as simple as imagining your thoughts as shooting stars across the sky, or now I do it as a physical practice where I, I talk to a rock and throw the rock away right into the river or something. But even just imagining that allowed me to take these little things I'd been carrying, the expectations of my mom, who of course has passed now, so I can't bring that up with her or, or traumas that I, uh, through therapy, realized that I had suffered as a child that I had buried. And I literally put them on a leaf or on a rock or on a star and watched them float away. And it really brought openness to allow that positivity back into my life and make room for it to come in automatically rather than trying to search for it. Yeah, the the searching for happening, uh, searching for your happiness kind of keeps you in that restricted state. It keeps you in that longing for something uh, in your energy and it kind of blocks you, blocks you from really going all in with, with something that uh, you want to um, work on. So what you talked about a book. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, your coaching style. Um, so I run a few different programs. I, well, two programs. I run a six week program, which is the most popular, but generally what we start with is a curiosity call. And we just kind of get a feel for each other, see if we're a match. Um, a huge part of coaching is admitting when, you know, you cannot help somebody and then helping them find somebody who can. So if we're not a match or there's something that you're trying to strive for that I can't help you with, then I do my best to help you find somebody who can, but it's, you know, one-on-one phone calls every week, 24 seven support through email or uh, text message or whatever. And we start just by really talking and the client doing the talking and having somebody to actually listen to them, but not to the words that they're saying, the things that they're not saying. A lot of the time we know exactly what we need to do to move forward in life, but we kind of can't get there because we're just stuck on our own perspective. So seeing that new perspective, setting up um, achievable goals that are super easy to maintain and get to creates a new self-esteem and a new path forward that you probably saw was there, but maybe it looked a little bit dark and I don't want to go down that one when realistically it was just the first five steps that were kind of through that dark haunted forest and beyond that is unbelievable potential and unexpected success in anything you you try to do untapped potential uh i like that um with with my work uh the shadow work aspect of everything is really examining those those inner darknesses the the heavier emotional feelings that we're experiencing and putting them into light 
So it, it's really about looking at them objectively and trying to understand or understand um, ourselves and how we think. And that goes very much in alignment with those limiting beliefs that we often uh, repeat to ourselves, those narratives. So for any of the listeners who are in a pattern of repetitive negative self-talk or thoughts, um, what kind of guidance would you, would you give them? I think the biggest and yet smallest change you can make, the easiest thing to maintain that I do, um, not just with clients, but something that I run challenges with for free and stuff because it's impacted me so much is really positive self-talk and just asking yourself when you're speaking to yourself, learning to catch those moments. Cause we do them so often. And so subconsciously we've, we talk so bad to ourselves. And if you can learn how to catch that and change it right when it's happening, whether you believe it or not, you know, saying something like, Oh, you know, I feel like crap today or whatever, just really catching that and telling yourself, no, I don't feel like crap today. I feel fantastic those little changes, if you can really, really hone in on how often you're doing that a day and catch them and change them, it's really, really life-changing because you're taking all of that negativity and you're double dosing it. You know, the guilt we have around food or smoking or alcohol or any of our bad habits. If you're thinking negatively about it while you're doing it, you're not only getting say the negative, um, kind of, let's say smoking, for example, the toxins you're putting into your body. But if you're thinking negatively about it, you're getting those toxins into your body as well. And you're like double dosing on the toxins. So even just acknowledging and accepting and saying, you know, thank you for that negative thought, but I actually am going to feel this way and making yourself change that because the brain only knows what we tell it. It's not magic. So if you start telling it more positive things, you'll start experiencing more positivity. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the game changer is, is definitely in, in that way we think and just slight little, little, little changes um, every day. It's interesting because I, when, um, uh, when I do the shadow work for myself, when I'm really in the energy of exploring exactly what I'm feeling in those reactive moments, it's, it's like you can get really stuck in that exploration, you can get really stuck in that, uh, okay, why do I feel this way? Oh, I shouldn't feel this way. Oh, you know, and everything just starts to get heavier and heavier and heavier. And I've really found lately that now if I don't like something, or if I'm just not okay with something, it's okay. <laughs> you know, before I would have that mindset of like, oh, I don't like it, but I should like it. Uh, uh, you know, like everyone says I should like it. I should like this thing, but I don't like this thing. And then you're even building more resistance in the not liking this thing because you're not allowing yourself just to not like it and to do something in alignment with you. It's so interesting when we, when we look at all the layers that, that we all possess in, in life, right? Like every single layer is, has three or four layers below it. And even throughout our lives, I feel like we've only ever scratched the surface of, of everything. So it, it's incredibly interesting. I'm a really deep diver, really deep thinker, but <laughs> too much uh, could be to my own detriment sometimes. Never, never, but too. <laughs> <laughs> never too much. Yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a shadow in itself, thinking that something's too much. Layers, onions. Uh, <laughs> so how has, you know, self-care 
played a role in your story? Oh, self-care is so huge because um, just like you said, you know, sometimes you're, I'm supposed to like this and I don't like it. Um, So when I started this journey, it was always like, you know, self-care is getting a mani-pedi and this and that. Well, my husband works out of town. I'm home alone with a three-year-old all day, every day. I have no childcare. I have no babysitters. (laughs) Who the heck's got time and money for that? (laughs) So it was really shifting my perspective of what self-care actually meant for me and being like, okay, you know what? Drinking a cup of tea and having a pedicure isn't actually self-care for me. Um, So it took a long time to discover things that are self-care for me, but the idea that you can change your mind is a huge, huge, huge block for so many people. My whole life I've been called indecisive and wishy-washy. And the truth behind that is no, I just know what aligns with me and what doesn't. And I'm looking for the things that do. So for me, self-care is honestly going to bed early like really early, like my son goes down to sleep at seven. And there are multiple times that I find myself in bed at seven, reading a book and I'm lights out by eight. And a year ago, I would have been up till midnight watching Netflix and drinking uh, more than my share of wine. (laughs) So really finding that gardening has always been something I really enjoyed in my life, but I never made time for it. A lot had to do with my anxiety and depression. You know, I lost that ability to love the things that I loved. And then I got too anxious to do them. So, you know, for me, self-care is going for a drive by myself with the tunes absolutely cranked. It is stepping outside on my back deck and drinking my cup of coffee or locking myself in a room. Like even, even doing this interview is my kind of self-care. I love my job. I love what I do. So anything that gets me speaking to people really is my self-care, which for somebody who spent her whole life being introverted is mind blowing. It's like, oh, you know, I've been putting off this socializing for my whole life when really it's something that lights my soul on fire. Relatable. Uh, The same, you know, I was the same way for a very long time. I was very introverted, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to go anywhere. Uh, (laughs) But I realized now it's because I was holding myself back from being that person that that I I am now, Uh, that too much energy, that big energy that, um, you know, needed to create a podcast and create all the things and do all the things uh, really fast, really quick, move, 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 move. And (laughs) before I would see that as... um, almost like a negative thing. I, w- I would have it in my mindset that no, you're too flighty, you're too bubbly, you're too much, you're going to rub people the wrong way. And I would, I would hold myself back because I wouldn't want to get into that energy. And now I'm like, well, I'm not for everyone and everyone's not for me. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, like uh, that, that, the that's okay portion of every sentence that I create in my mind now is like, it's like the game changer of like, okay, I'm sad today. And that's okay. I'm pissed off today. And that's okay. (laughs) Just everything cycles around. And at the end of every sentence for me now is like, it's okay. Because before it never was, it was never okay for me to feel however the fuck I was feeling before. Now it's always that it's okay. 
element in my mind. And I love that your idea of self-care is, is everything. It's, you know, it's, it's not the, the getting your nails done and um, all that, you know what, sometimes for me, self-care just looks like drinking a glass of fucking water. Like that's, that's, that's what it is in a day. It's like, yes, I drank the water today and I went to bed before midnight. Like that's, that's a win. It's a huge it's a win. win. <laughs> I love those wins. Um, so, you know, how has the shadow work played a role in, um, you know, putting it all together for you for, um, creating what you're creating now within your work and your life? So I'm very new to the shadow work world and I do have a coach that I also work with. I have a few coaches actually. Um, and she has done some I think this is shadow work, like cord cutting and that kind of stuff. And a lot of mine comes um, from my mom. And it's hard when somebody passes, uh, you kind of immediately put them on a pedestal. And there's nothing wrong with that because we love the people in our lives and they have a huge impact on us. But for me, a lot of the things that I hold on to are from the way I was raised and what I was told about myself and the people around me and life in general And while I can now acknowledge that my mom was doing the absolute best that she could, and it came from a place of protection and safety and care, it's really held me back discovering who I am. So not only um, bringing those shadows to light, but really getting into them first and saying, okay, why do I have this view of, you know, being flighty, or why do I have this view that people aren't going to like me? And why do I care? Um, the, I had a huge issue with independence. My mom, uh, got divorced young and was left with three kids and bankruptcy and the whole nine yards, like classic story, right. For, for us. Um, so it was really ingrained in me from a young age that you need to have a good job and make your own money and have your own home and never rely on anybody else. And, um, when I met my husband and I stayed home with our son, it took, I still ask him for permission for the most ridiculous things. I'm like, Oh, the the truck needs gas. And he's like, okay, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Right. So really kind of finding out where those beliefs came from has been my shadow work. Why do I think that? And where did it come from? And is it even mine? Oftentimes we find it isn't ours. It's, it's that narrative of someone else that was just uh, put into our mind. It's interesting. I've been writing my book, my own story, and I find myself getting lost in like uh, distractions because there's so much from my childhood that is like suppressed still. And I think that we never really, it's, it's one of those things with the onion too. We never really get it all. I don't believe that we ever actually get it all because there's so much. And I'm really looking at um, my story. And the one thing I did the most when I was a child was block my intuition. I said, you know, it's not cool to be an intuitive child. It's not cool. Uh, You know, it's not cool to be psychic or to have any kind of intuitive abilities because you're a scammer. And, um, you know, you're, you're this, you're that, you're the other thing. And that wasn't my belief. My belief was that I was like, I just knew things. I knew a lot of things. I knew a lot of things deeply and I felt them incredibly deeply. And it was like my view of how society would view me was that, you know, I would be a scammer or I wouldn't be real or I would be this, that and the other thing. But really, that was just me. 
that was my authentic energy. I, I just knew and I could just feel like that was, you know, as a child, that's how I was. But I still, as a child, was remember thinking like, no, they're going to see that this is like ridiculous. This isn't real. This is a me. And it's so interesting how like your narrative from a child can continue into your adult life and really block you from the things that you want to do, that you're meant to do, that you feel you should be doing <laughs> versus uh, what others feel you should be doing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I remember when I was very young, um, my mom was in a very abusive relationship and she was crying in her room and I must've been seven or eight. And I went in there and I said, you know, mom, now maybe not the time that you're going to leave him, but you will one day. And she always brought it up. Like, how does somebody so young know that? And I was always the person with my friends who everybody came to or strangers would come to. And because I had this narrative that that wasn't okay, um, and that I hadn't been taught how to deal with it or how to manage it or, um, I can't even say the word, how to like separate it in my mind from my own feelings. So I really blocked it out when I became an, a later teenager. And that's when alcohol started affecting my life. And it, it's only been the last year that I'm like, Hey, you know, when I used to be the person that people came to, to talk to for, you know, advice or suggestions, or just to be heard, I loved it. And nobody taught me how to manage that empathetic side of me so that it didn't affect me. And now I've finally returned to that person where it's like, please come to me. Like I'm here for you. And it, it's such a magical thing when you finally realign with who you are, that you've been like pushing aside or trying to change for so long. Like you said, the, the resistance and just letting it be. And it's like, this is me. And that's totally fine. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's right. it's, it's totally fine. I love that. And, you know, thank you for uh, chatting with me. And how can our listeners connect with you? Uh, my main, uh, thank you for having me, by the way, this has been so much fun. Um, yeah, my main area, you can reach me on is Facebook at Serena Goss. I also have my coaching page at SG coaching. So super easy to remember. I'm generally on Facebook multiple times a day, way more than I should be. Um, Instagram as well. Serena Goss. <laughs> and Same. you can connect with me there and we can, you know, book a curiosity call. They're completely on the house. So absolutely no skin off your back. If you just want to learn more. And, uh, or just add me as a friend because I love just meeting new people and um, sharing my story and hearing other stories. Amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you.